Coming up on 5-Minute News. Hurricane Ian makes landfall in Florida as a Category 4 storm. Annexation of Ukraine territory expected after Russian vote. And vaccine shows good protection against monkeypox. It's Thursday, September 29. I'm Anthony Davis. Hurricane Ian made landfall on Wednesday in southwest Florida as one of the most powerful storms ever recorded in the U.S., swamping streets with water and smashing trees along the coast while moving at a crawl that threatened catastrophic flooding across a wide area. Barely an hour after the massive storm trudged ashore, a coastal sheriff's office reported that it was already getting a significant number of calls from people trapped in homes. The hurricane center struck near Cayo Costa, a protected barrier island just west of heavily populated Fort Myers. The Category 4 storm slammed the coast with 150 mile an hour winds and pushed a wall of storm surge accumulated during its slow march over the Gulf of Mexico. More than a million Florida homes and businesses were without electricity. The storm previously tore into Cuba, killing two people and bringing down the country's entire electrical grid. About 2.5 million people were ordered to evacuate southwest Florida before Ian hit, but by law no one could be forced to flee. Though expected to weaken to a tropical storm as it marched inland, Ian's hurricane force winds were likely to be felt well into central Florida. This is a storm that we will talk about for many years to come, an historic event, said Ken Graham, director of the National Weather Service. The region around the landfall is home to miles of sandy beaches, scores of resort hotels, and numerous mobile home parks, a favourite with retirees and vacationers alike, but the storm soon transformed idyllic coastal towns into disaster zones. Man-made climate change is making hurricanes wetter, windier, and more intense. Scientists say there's also evidence that global warming is causing storms to travel more slowly, meaning they can dump more water in one place. Moscow was poised on Wednesday to annex a swathe of Ukraine, releasing what it called vote tallies, showing support in four partially occupied provinces to join Russia after what Kiev and the West denounced as illegal sham referenda held at gunpoint. President Vladimir Putin could proclaim the annexation in a speech within days, just over a week since he endorsed the referenda, ordered a military mobilization at home and threatened to defend Russia with nuclear weapons if necessary. The Russian-installed administrations of the four Ukrainian provinces on Wednesday formally asked Putin to incorporate them into Russia, which Russian officials have suggested is a formality. The results are clear. Welcome home to Russia, Dmitry Medvedev, a former president who serves as deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council, said on Telegram. Russian-backed authorities claim to have carried out the referenda over five days in parts of eastern and southern Ukraine that makes up around 15% of the country's territory. Residents who escaped to Ukrainian-held areas in recent days have told of people being forced to mark ballots in the street by roving officials at gunpoint. 
Footage filmed during the exercise showed Russian-installed officials taking ballot boxes from house to house with armed men in tow. Russia claims voting was voluntary, in line with international law, and that turnout was high. The referenda and notion of annexations has been rejected globally, as was Russia's 2014 takeover of Crimea from Ukraine. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sought to rally international support against possible Russian annexations in a series of calls with foreign leaders, including those of Britain, Canada, Germany and Turkey. The United States said it would, in coming days, impose economic costs on Moscow for the referenda, adding to several tranches of sanctions since Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February that has destroyed cities and killed thousands. At-risk people who received a single dose of the monkeypox vaccine in US efforts against the virus appear to be significantly less likely to get sick, public health officials announced on Wednesday, even as they urged a second dose for full protection. It was the first look into how the Genius vaccine is affecting monkeypox, a virus that is primarily spread among men who have sex with infected men. This new data provides us with a level of cautious optimism that the vaccine is working as intended, Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, said yesterday. Roughly 800,000 first and second doses of the vaccine have been administered across the country to people who are considered high risk for becoming infected with the virus, White House National Monkeypox Response Coordinator Bob Fenton said. There is no scientifically conclusive data available to prove the effectiveness of the Genios vaccine against monkeypox. Still, Walensky said lab studies show the highest level of immunity from the virus is reached after people get a second dose of the vaccine, calling it really important. The US leads the world in monkeypox cases. So far, more than 25,000 infections of the virus, which can cause rash, fever, body aches and chills, have been reported. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.